Welcome to another episode of the Illusions and Truth Show with Robert Scheinfeld. Welcome to another opportunity to exchange limiting and restricting lies, illusions, and stories for a direct and consistent experience of truth. In this episode, I want to share a specific example of a lie, illusion, and story that really causes a lot of damage in so many lives. In order to share this particular lie, illusion, and story, I want to use the specific example of the life of singer Michael Jackson. I'm coming on here at a later date to just make it clear that the recording you're about to listen to was recorded many years ago. It was released again in 2014 as part of this podcast, but I actually recorded this at an earlier date and I'm reusing it because it's still so valuable and relevant. Now, at the time of this recording, Michael Jackson passed away approximately six weeks ago through a lot of fanfare and a lot of drama. Now, Michael Jackson's life and career are a beautiful example of the lie, the illusion, and the story that I want to focus on in this particular episode. And the lie, the illusion, and the story that I'm talking about is a dynamic that so many of us struggle with and focus on in our day-to-day lives, especially if we have spent a lot of time in what I call the self-help or the personal development or the personal growth world. And that is, we have an endless number of sentences like this that we can fill in the blank on. And the sentence is, my life would be so much better if, and then you fill in the blank. And we all have very different ways of filling in the blank, and we have many ways of filling in the blank that we share in common, either all the time or at various points in our lives. Very often, that sentence would be filled with a money kind of a dynamic. You know, my life would be so much better If only my income was higher, would be a blank fill-in. My life would be so much better if my net worth, you know, or the value of my stock portfolio or investments or whatever was was bigger or uh, was a certain number or larger than that. My life would be so much better if I was just out of debt. Uh, My life would be so much better if I didn't have to pay the tax service so much money every year or quarterly or whatever it is. So there's all kinds of money dynamics that we say we would fill in the blank with. And then there are relationship issues. You know, my life would be so much better if I was in a loving relationship instead of alone. My life would be so much better if I was in a relationship with a different kind of a partner, if you're in a relationship now that you imagine would better satisfy your needs. Uh, And all kinds of relationship issues, including sex. You know, my life would be so much better if I just had better sex, period, or more sex if I was single, or better or more if I'm in a committed relationship. And we can fill in the blank with all kinds of things, including career-related things. You know, my life would be so much better if only I could achieve da-da-da-da goal in my life, uh, in my business or my career, or achieve some other goal or produce some other specific result or outcome in some area of our lives that are important to us, even if it might be something like a hobby 
uh, or something that we do part-time or whatever it might be. Now, the reason that Michael Jackson's life is such a perfect example of this is because in his life, there are so many things that so many of us would fill in the blank with. Maybe not you on all of these, or maybe some of them, but even if it isn't something you can identify with personally, you'll still get the point that I'm trying to make. So many people, with very few exceptions, would fill in the blank, my life would be so much better if, again, with a financial dynamic. So if we take a look at Michael Jackson's life, we can see that at Michael Jackson's peak of his popularity and his career, he was earning approximately $60 million a year. At his peak financially, it was estimated that his net worth was $500 million. There are some estimates at his peak that put him higher than that, but in general, a conservative estimate is $500 million. Now, there are a lot of people who would say, shit, you know, $60 million, you know, I'd take... I'd take 600000 you know, I don't need the $60 million, you know, I just want more, but geez, if I had more money, my life would be so much better, and yet Michael Jackson's was not. Michael Jackson, if you know much about the story of his life, was never a particularly happy person, was never a particularly joyful person, was always haunted, which I'll talk about more, by many what I'll call inner demons that are the reason that he was not able to enjoy much of his life or that his achievements were never enough because there was some other kind of a target or goal or something that he wanted or that he hadn't quite achieved. We'll get more into this later on in the episode and perhaps in future episodes. So he is an example of extreme, my life would be so much better if, and you fill it in with some financial kind of a thing. Because while there are many people who have incomes larger than that, And net worth's larger than that, you know, $60 million a year for an income, $500 million for a net worth are so gigantic that most people would say that that would give you an enormous amount of freedom and would remove the limits and restrictions that would cause them to say my life would be so much better if I had so much more money, you know, again, an income or net worth. In terms of relationships, you know, People might say, uh, my life would be so much better if more people out there appreciated me, you know, liked me, told me that they liked me and they liked the things that I did. There are many of us who grow up and even in our adult lives create dynamics where we are not appreciated very much, where we're judged constantly, where we're attacked constantly, where what we do is never good enough, be it in a job situation or with parents or spouses, or brothers, or sisters, or whatever, and we could fill in the blank, my life would be so much better if, if people could just see who I really was, you know, or people would appreciate me more, or I could get more compliments, or whatever it would be. And here again, we have an extreme example of somebody who had millions of people throughout the world who loved him, who cheered him, who thought he was extraordinary, who would faint or cry if they saw him live or got close to seeing him, or would look at it as one of the highlights of their life if they happened to be in a restaurant or a store or something and Michael Jackson happened to be there, or maybe even if they saw him, which is unlikely, but I'm just giving an example, at a stoplight in a car next to them. And yet, here was an individual who was one of the most insecure and had some of the the greatest self-doubt of anybody when there were millions of people throughout the world 
that were fans that just thought he walked on water and was this extraordinary man. Now, they thought that because of the image and the music and the talent and the glamour, not from actually knowing the person. And you could say, well, there's where the big difference is. But you have an example of extraordinary love and devotion and appreciation and approval being shined, and yet it making absolutely no difference ultimately to quality of life. My kids got very interested in Michael Jackson after he died. I have a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old at the time of this recording. And I ended up getting a DVD of a live concert that Michael Jackson did somewhere in what I'll call the Eastern Bloc. It was in Russia or somewhere in that part of the world. And I don't know, but my guess is there were 250,000 people maybe in the audience that were just going nuts um, over Michael Jackson Live, you know. And Michael Jackson was very, very popular for, you know, doing sounds like he'd go, whoo, kind of a thing, you know. And he would do that on the stage, and the whole audience would go nuts. (laughs) And the camera was showing people that were fainting and were crying and that were, you know, being taken away by security guards because they passed out or they were trying to get on the stage. I mean, just this you know, extraordinary kind of stuff in terms of adulation from fans and people thinking he was just so incredible. And yet in Michael Jackson's story, all of that actually scared him. He loved performing, but being in public, having his fans get too close to him, especially in large numbers, is something that scared him. He had an experience as a child uh, when the Jacksons, his family, were performing where he had Uh, This is just one of many, but in this particular one, he had a scarf on, and it was crisscrossed across his neck. And in a a crowd, one end of the scarf got pulled one way, and the other end of the scarf got pulled another way accidentally, and he almost was choked to death in this crazy public thing, and people pounding on cars and all this stuff. So, so many people would say, my life would be so much better if, if, if more people loved me and appreciated me, or my life would be so much better if my career was better, you know, if I had a bigger sphere of influence of people that were my fans that loved me. All these kinds of things, and again, it may not apply to you, or it may not need to be this big for you, you know, with millions of people that are your fans, but there are people who right now are working very hard trying to create a quote-unquote successful career in the music business. And they would say, my life would be so much better if I could get a record contract. My life would be so much better if my record sold more. My life would be so much better if I could go on tour. My life would be so much better, and this isn't just for musicians or aspiring musicians, but for many people, and they might not word it this way, but it's the way I word it. My life would be so much better if I didn't have to do all this stuff that I don't like and I could just focus on the stuff that I love and be expressing my creative nature and my artistic nature in various ways without limits and, and people wanted me, maybe a variation of this is people would, would want to pay me money to do this. And here again, you have an example of somebody who was able to express himself creatively in the way that he chose to, no limits, no restrictions, um, could work with the most talented people in the music industry, had a gigantic contract, you know, throughout his life, paying him a lot of money for each of his records. The, the, when he went live and did concerts, they'd get sold out and they'd be packed. And yet he was not a happy camper. You know, his life was a mess. And there are all of these 
dynamics that you may be well aware of or that are quite extraordinary if you happen to invest the time to read a biography of him, of some of the dynamics and how unhappy he was and how troubled he was and how unhappy he was with his physical appearance, which is what led to multiple plastic surgeries, to bleaching his skin so that it was not dark, it was white, and changing his appearance. In fact, you may or may not be aware of this, He had so many plastic surgeries on his nose that the foundation of his nose at one point collapsed on the front of it, you know, kind of the tip in a sense. And he had to wear a prosthetic nose, as they called it, after that, where in in, in essence it was a fake nose that had to get put on the tip of his nose and be attached to his nose and then makeup had to be applied so that you couldn't see that because the front of his nose, speaking in simple terms, had been destroyed by the multiple surgeries. And the interesting thing is, when you look at that, and you look at the story, is that ever since he was a little boy, uh, his family, particularly his father and his brothers that performed with him with the Jacksons, kept telling him that his nose was too big. His nose was too big. His nose was too big when he was a kid. And he had a very volatile relationship with his father and did not want to see anything remotely like his father when he looked in the mirror because in the storyline, he hated his father. And there are all kinds of theories about that this was one of the motivations for him constantly changing his appearance. But again, here is an example of somebody who was loved and adored by millions I had all of these things in the storyline, again, the income, the net worth, the incredible career, the packed concerts, but when he looked at himself in the mirror, he felt he was ugly and was not happy with what he saw in the mirror, and so continually tried to change what he saw in the mirror, including with plastic surgery, bleaching his skin, and other kinds of things. Now, I could go on and on and on and on with this through other aspects of Michael Jackson's life other aspects of ways that you could fill in the blank, my life would be so much better if. And I must acknowledge that it would be easy to say, well, okay, and I'm going to be a little heavy-handed here just to make a point. And there have been people who have said this. You know, you could say, well, don't use Michael Jackson as an example because Michael Jackson was a weirdo. You know, Michael Jackson was a wacko, and he's a distortion, and you can't really use him as an example. But the reason that you can use him as an example, and the reason that it's such a powerful example, even if you hold the opinion that he was just a weirdo or a wacko or was crazy or whatever it is, is because of the core dynamic at work and the core reason that all of this, my life would be so much better if, fill in the blank, is one of the biggest lies, illusions, and stories, one of the biggest quicksand pits, and one of the biggest dynamics in the human experience that leads to struggle and unhappiness and frustration and pain and whatever else you want to call it, is the key point of we all have things that are inside of us. We have beliefs that are inside of us about ourselves, and it can be about our core nature. You know, I'm a bad person. I'm a selfish person. I'm a stupid person, whatever it is. It can be something about who we are in a sense. It can be about our appearance. Um, you know, I, I, I'm too, I weigh too much. I'm overweight. I'm obese. I'm ugly. I've got this scar, and my face normally would be attractive, but I've got this scar, and my hair's too this. This is too that. My feet are too big. You know, this is too small. This is whatever. We have all of these beliefs. We have all of this internal stuff 
internal dynamic shaping what we feel about who we are and what we feel about the world at large, be it a dangerous place, be it filled with people that you can't trust, you know, whatever it is. And what we think is, if we can change some of the, what I call them storyline details in what appears to be outside of us, meaning more money, which is outside of us, bigger net worth, which is outside of us, having a, a loving relationship with somebody who's, then that's outside of us, having a more successful career, having more people appreciating us, um, having more ability to be able to do what I love and express myself creatively instead of day in, day out, having to go into a job and doing all this stuff that I don't like just to make money. All these things that my life would be so much better if, you know, if I was thinner, if my nose was smaller, going back to Michael Jackson, if I was making more money, if I could get a record deal, if I could achieve this goal in my business or career, if I could have this particular outcome or result in my life, it's all about all this stuff that's outside of you. And if the stuff outside of you changes, and a lot of times it doesn't, again, going back to the last episode where I talked about the three ways of playing the human game. In so many instances, there are these outside things that we want to change and we're never able to change them. And it's a constant source of frustration. But even if we're able to change them, and Michael Jackson, as this example, was able to change so many of them in such extraordinary and gigantic ways, but it didn't affect the inner demons. It didn't affect the inside stuff. It didn't affect this conglomeration of I'm the opposite of who I really am, um, the restriction, the limitation, the straitjacket beliefs, the lies, beliefs, and stories um, about how unabundant we are, how unwise we are, how unjoyful we are, how um, powerless we are, all the things that we've talked about that are the straitjacket, lies, illusions, and stories. As long as those remain in place, it doesn't matter what changes in the details of what appears to be outside of you? You could make $20 zillion. You could have the most incredible partner in the universe. You could have the most incredible career. You could have the most incredible kids. You could be um, doing what you love 24 hours a day, seven days a week, never sleep. You know, I mean, all these things my life would be better if, and you fill in the blank, you could get every single one of them. But if the inner demons... Um, are still there. The straitjacket is still on you. The lies and illusions and stories about who you really are and what's really going on and all these kinds of things are still in place. It doesn't make any difference. And the really ironic thing, and this is discussed in many of the popular self-help systems, both mainstream and esoteric, is that if you take your focus away from, I want to change, fix, or improve all of these things that appear to be outside of me, and I'm going to shift my focus inward, and I'm going to, quote-unquote, work on myself. You know, I'm going to confront my own stuff. I'm going to heal my own stuff and wounds and all these kinds of things that are the language for such things. And we, in, in essence, ignore what's going on outside of us and put our focus onto what's inside of us. If you do that and you radically transform the inner demons, you loosen and then remove the straitjacket, you collapse the lies, the illusions, and stories that you convinced yourself were real that are stored within you, that are creating that straitjacket effect. In the teachings that I share, I call this knocking out the cloud cover or drilling through the cloud cover. And there's a very different set of tools and process 
for really confronting these inner demons that are driving all of this and opening the door to radical change and true transformation. Then everything that's outside of you will change on its own as a direct reflection of those inner changes. But then your life really does transform. Then you really do experience more and more and more and more of the wisdom, the abundance, the power, and the joy that are your natural states. And then if something changes in what appears to be outside of you, for lack of a better term, that's something that you can enjoy and appreciate and be in a state of joyfulness as you're experiencing it. But if you reverse the dynamic and you change or try to change all these things that appear to be outside of you while leaving all these inner dynamics in place, you either won't get the things that you really want to fill in the blank, my life would be so much better if, or you'll get them and they won't make you happy. They won't make you joyful. They won't give you the peace you think they will. They won't give you the serenity that you think they will. They won't give you whatever it is deep down that you think they will. In my language, the key to all of it is finding a way to knock out the cloud cover. It's finding a way to dissolve the things that are truly causing the limits, the restrictions, the problems, the experience of being the opposite of who you really are in what I call phase one of the human game. And in the next episode, I'll go into the second piece of this, which is what it is that we really, 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 really want when we think my life would be so much better if. So on that note, Um, I'm going to close this particular episode, which we might call part one of my life would be so much better if, and in the next episode, we'll pick it up with part two. In many of the episodes of this podcast, I have referred to the teachings that I share in my sphere of influence. If you're unfamiliar with them and you'd like to get a detailed introduction and you really enjoy learning by watching videos, I'd like to invite you to visit my website and access a series of videos I created that are called A Spiritual Teaching for Modern Times. There's no charge for the videos. You can watch them on my website or you can download them and watch them on the device of your choosing. They are my gift to you. Just go to robertscheinfeld.com forward slash modern robertscheinfeld.com forward slash modern, M-O-D-E-R-N, robertscheinfeld.com forward slash modern. That completes another episode of the Illusions and Truth Show with Robert Scheinfeld.